Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's up to McCaffrey. There he goes. It's a C-back attack. This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And welcome into a brand new Thursday edition of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast hosted by me, Desmond Johnson, Jonathan Stewart, the all-time leading rusher in Panthers history and Sports Illustrated, Skylar Callahan. You can follow all of us on Twitter. Uh, we'll give you the handles and stuff here momentarily. Loaded show. Um, getting ready for this upcoming uh, tilt out to the West Coast. Panthers taking on the Los Angeles Rams, the defending Super Bowl champions. Uh, we'll get you the details on that and our predictions on that as well. Um, also, our thoughts on head coach or interim head coach Steve Wilkes. We're going to do a little something different in terms of giving you different perspectives on how this is being perceived. We're going to give you the player's perspective on what the players may be thinking, what the players may be going through with the switching to a new coach from uh, from Jay Stu. The media perspective, uh, we saw basically uh, owner David Tepper basically challenge Scott, uh, Scott Fowler to a steel cage match uh, <laughs> earlier this week in, the, in that press conference. So we'll talk a little bit about how the media uh, is gathering all this info in, what they're dealing with in terms of the, the switch uh, in the regime, in the regime, and the fan perspective. I'll give you the fan perspective in terms of what the fans are doing and what they're thinking. But of course, it is Thursday, and when it's Thursday, we do a little something special here uh, called "Tell Them Why You're Mad." Yeah, I'm gonna tell you why we mad. Son. I'm gonna tell you why we mad. Son. Where we basically go through. It's got to be football related, but it doesn't have to be Panther related. Anything you saw this week that got you kind of hot and bothered, we we always start off our Thursday shows with that. So welcome to everybody that's watching uh, on YouTube, that's listening on the different podcast platforms that we have uh, the show available on. The show's grow, grown considerably over the past couple of weeks. I want to thank everybody that's found us and uh, continues to share uh, what we're doing uh, for the Believe Podcast Network. Before we get into the nitty-gritty of everything, uh, real quick uh, real quick uh, word from our sponsors at Bet Bet BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports contests and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports and even golf bet online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information for live in-game betting to props and futures head to bet online today and use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet use the promo code believe b-l-e-a-v to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts and where we start today is where we start every thursday it's tell them why you're mad thursday yeah, I'm going to tell you why we mad, son. I'm going to tell you why we mad, son. And I, I had to pick through a couple guys in terms of what I wanted, but I, I landed on one, and social media forced me to land on this. I'm going to go last, so I'm going to let you guys go first. Stu, why you mad this week, man? Something had to have happened in the football world. I don't think Denver played on Thursday, uh, or they haven't played uh, this week yet, so you can't pick Denver. But other than that, why are you mad? Yeah, I'm going to tell you why we mad, son. I'm going to tell you why we mad, son. Hold on, we got Stu. Stu is muted. Mute, you're muted, Stu. There you go. All right. What I was saying was the Broncos. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> no, I'm messing with you. 
<laughs> nah, That's they didn't play this week, so they're not going to get this gas. Nah, um, but what I'm going to tell you, though, Chris Jones had an amazing, amazing defensive play. Could have been like that, w- that would have been a top 10 run play for at least a couple weeks, for a month. Like he deserves the player. He would he would get, you know, in my mind, top five defensive play play of the of the year, football wise. If only he didn't get roughing the passer on Derek Carr. Come on, man. It's got out of hand. It's really this is this is getting out of hand. I mean, I saw a segment, a friend of mine, Mark Hergslich, um, on TV with Kevin Hart. They were making fun of this. This is becoming comical. This is becoming comical to where Kevin Hart is coming on to sports shows and telling everybody football's getting soft. Mm-hmm. Okay? And I get it, man. You want to protect your players. You want to protect them from themselves. You know, we had the situation with Tua uh, with the concussion, you know, the last several weeks and whatnot. And so you're – your awareness as a referee and all those things coming from the NFL are heightened. I understand. But listen, a football tackle is a football tackle. A sack is a sack. A stripped fumble recovery sack is an amazing play. That's what happened. Like, there's no reason why that should have been called roughing the passer. And I was extremely disappointed. I was so mad that I actually got up out of my seat and went to go to my went to the kitchen and started stress eating because it stressed me out. So you shame on like, like I, I don't, but it's just it's just bad football. Like that, like, come on, man. Like we need to there needs to be some type of committee that says, nah, I understand, but doesn't need to be reviewable. Like, this needs to be reviewed. This needs to be reviewed. Right now, right? Nah, this needs to be reviewed, and this was a great play. Congratulations. I thought it was Chiefs, just Tom Chiefs Brady. Ball. But, <laughs> I thought it was just Tom Brady getting concessions, but when you give it to Derek Carr, too, Man, like within listen. like six days, like something. And I'll tell you one thing, too. Like, where was this at when Cam was getting his head knocked off when I was playing? Don't okay? Even, don't even start. Like, like, like yeah, the, we can stop. We can really go down a road there. <laughs> People don't want to go down. Alone, just on that. Like, shoot, oh, well, 20, well, he's 20, running 20, back. He's running back that throws the ball. So nah, we treat man. him differently. Like, listen, yeah, we treating him differently. All right, mm-hmm. twenty twenty didn't already happen. I hope everybody, when they was at home in the pandemic, you know, was able to tune in to <laughs> what was going on in reality. How people yep. getting treated out here ain't fairly. And I understand <laughs> that you want to protect people, but you got to make sure that thing doesn't get out of line like it did the other night. You know, it's crazy, too, because Josh Allen plays the same way as Cam Newton. He doesn't. He gets the same respect in terms of the rough and the passer calls. I think I saw a graphic where he's, like, number two or something total in the past, like, five or six years in rough and the passer calls. I think Tom Brady's yeah. number one, like, with a bullet. But, like, right below him is, like, Josh Allen. And I was just like, how? <laughs> like, how yeah. is he number two? He's out there running. Like, he's literally the Bills running back, it feels like. Yeah. And he's – Number he's got all these rough in the passer calls, so that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, Skyler, it's been a minute. You missed our uh, our celebration episode on uh, on, on Monday. We knew when we taped on Monday that or we never taped that early. And I mentioned it at the very start. I was like, Watch, this is going to be the week, this, it's going to go down this week. As soon as we do this and we go part our ways, that's when the, that's when they're going to make their move. And that's exactly what happened. 
about 30 minutes after we were done recording. Uh, I was on the highway. Stu was off doing something. Skylar had a busy Monday. I think you said you were going to Krispy Kreme or something. Like oh, what yeah. I was going to Krispy Kreme, get a hot chocolate, and then uh, all of a sudden I looked down at my phone and I'm like, oh, my gosh. This is the second time in a row that's happened. So, wait, you went to Krispy Kreme's to get a hot chocolate? Yes. Hey, don't wanna... sleep in their coffee hot cocoa game. Like, they're Krispy Kreme. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, it's... Is it like Krispy Kreme-ish chocolate oh, or something? Or? <laughs> Krispy Kreme-ish. Actually, actually, it would have been my first one. Because oh. I've never had it before. My my fiance actually suggested it. She's like, you need to get a Krispy Kreme, get a hot chocolate. I'm like, all right. So I obviously start to go. Matt gets fired. I'm like, crap. So I pulled off the side of the road. I'm sitting on the interstate heading to Charlotte. And people just whizzing by me. And, yeah, it was um, – I was glad. I, I already had the article wrote. So <laughs> he I, had oh, I knew. Oh. <laughs> he knew. Dang, boy, you was ready? Oh, wow. <laughs> hey, <laughs> lesson learned, kids. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. That's right. You want to know how ready I was? I told Desmond this. I actually may have sent sent it in the group chat with you guys. I had that article ready at 2.30 on game day. Like, like as I told you, I had that feeling going over the stadium. And I'm like, I'm just going to get this now in case it happens. And it happens right after the game. I'm going to be prepared. So It felt like the end on Sunday. It really, looking back on it, it felt like that was going to be his last game. Like, it just – the whole thing, the stands being all red, even Tepper mentioned that, like in his press conference, which was yeah. a bit testy uh, earlier this uh, <laughs> earlier this week. Um, let's stay. Let's stay and tell him why you mad, Skyler. Uh, what's the deal? What, tell, why, why are you mad this week? Yeah, I'm gonna tell you why we mad. Son. I'm gonna tell you why we mad. Son. Well, I'm mad because I didn't get my damn hot chocolate. But uh, <laughs> hey, <laughs> no, it's not right there. But uh, you know, I, I'm going back and forth on this because I, I've got a bone to pick with two owners in the NFL, but we'll, we'll save Tepper for later. Cause I, I can throw that stuff in there. So my thing is how is Daniel Snyder still an owner of an NFL football team? I don't, I, I don't, I, I don't know why he's still around first of all. And then I'm seeing all this stuff come out today about that. He supposedly has dirt on all these other, other NFL owners, which is probably why he still is where he is because no one else is going to say anything about it. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know what to make of all that, but I'm sure there's a couple of other guys in this league. I'm not – I have no idea who they would be, but I'm sure there's a couple other owners that probably have some some skeletons in their closet that they don't want revealed. Um, but Dan Snyder's got to go, man. I mean, this is terrible. I feel bad for Washington. I really do. Yeah. Like, their fan base has the worst owner, has the worst stadium. Like – you can make an argument. I'm not a huge fan of their, their uniforms either. I mean, I don't know what that's worth, but um, their whole rebranding process, like they are just a terrible, miserable franchise right now, and they need to get the trash out, and it starts with them. That's yeah, a bad representation for the NFL. Yeah, yeah it sure. really is. Um, it's gotten to the point that used to be, and it's sad that I say used to be, that used to be like one of the most dedicated fan bases in all of the NFL, like I would put them up there with the Steelers, uh, Cowboys, Cowboys. I mean, Giants. Like their their fan base stuck through thick and thin, through everything. Different coaches, and I, I have friends that are Washington fans, and they talk about Daniel Snyder like past tense. Like they understand they can't do anything until Dan Snyder is no longer the owner of the of the Washington mm-hmm. Commanders. Um, 
And from the way it looks, I don't know if he's going to not be the owner anytime soon. Um, I'm curious about this whole, I got dirt on people thing. Like why even bring this up? Like today, yeah. like I woke up to it too. I'm like, what in the world? Like, did somebody threaten you? <laughs> Dan Steiner? And you're That's like, what oh, it feels like, right? I mean, you know, or, that man, or that you man know. was being, t- he had a dream or something, woke up from <laughs> a dream. Like, before y'all decide to kick me out of here, just understand I got some stuff on all of you. <laughs> so yeah. just, if, the, if I'm leaving, the whole house is coming with me. So yeah, I, it's kind of interesting to think about that a guy in his position with you know all the resources he has and all the opportunities that he can really present himself why bring down a whole organization seriously because of pride yeah you're a billionaire go find something else to do like yeah, man this is nuts they can't even get a stadium built out there like they're sitting on fedex money and still can't get something uh going so i don't know that that's a pretty good one um for me um the reason why i'm mad this week yeah i'm gonna tell you why we mad son i'm gonna tell you why we mad son i am irritated at carolina panther fans and i'm gonna be very specific here on on why i'm mm. irritated mm. be careful now desmond oh i'm gonna be careful they're gonna <laughs> you're gonna know who they are why in the world are some of you in such a hurry to trade off christian mccaffrey like, oh. I don't understand this. Like, I've seen ever since Steve Wilkes was named the interim head coach, the very first thing I see on Twitter is potential destination spots for Christian McCaffrey or uh, here's where such and such might inquire about DJ Moore. And it's like nonstop. It's just all these different news outlets that are online that just started putting out sources tell us that Christian McCaffrey has been blah, 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 or the Bills have reached out for Christian McCaffrey. Let me explain something to y'all. For starters, Christian McCaffrey – is on the first year of his extension. Like, it would cost the Panthers more money to get rid of him than it would to keep him. DJ Moore. DJ Moore just signed an extension in the offseason. Same with him. Like, you're, you're, you're hustling backwards. Like, if you're talking about getting rid of McCaffrey, this isn't Madden. You know what I mean? Like, they're all in, like, franchise mode. And they're all like, well, we need to trade him while he's got value. We can get a, a couple first-round picks, a second-round pick for McCaffrey, and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, you can't. <laughs> you can't get that. First of all, no team's giving that up. Second of all, there's not a lot of teams that are out there that have the room to bring him on, like with his with his salary. Like Christian McCaffrey's gonna be making what, like 12, 13 million a year over the next like four years or whatnot. And stay out that man's pocket, man. No, I'm just saying, like, like <laughs> people are all like they think it's so easy to do this. Like, right. What do you what what do fans think we've been doing the past two or three years? They're all like, Well, we need to stockpile draft picks, we need to tear this whole thing down. Like, they've been doing that the past two years. The talent is not the problem. Like, we look at the roster and we're like, They've actually done pretty good filling in holes, fixing some some areas of of, of uh, concern. The talent wasn't the problem; it was how the talent was being used. That was the problem. Like Christian McCaffrey's not washed up. Christian McCaffrey's getting eight carries a game. DJ Moore's not washed up. DJ Moore's getting targeted like four times a game. Like I, I don't understand the logic of we need to trade them to get picks, but then these are the same people that are like we need to get them the ball more. Like the, if we're going to evaluate are- Steve Wilkes properly, we can't take away all the talent. And then be like at the end of the year, well, Steve, you didn't, you didn't win any games. We're gonna just, you know, move on something else. Well, you traded Christian McCaffrey two weeks after you put me in the role. Like that, that doesn't make any sense. So please, Carolina Panther fans, I love you, but you gotta chill. Y'all got to chill. Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore aren't going anywhere. Matter of fact, they posted a Twitter video of uh, them riding in a car together yesterday, listening to uh, to P Diddy's uh, "Bad Boys for Life." You know, the, the hook we ain't going nowhere like they're singing that in the car driving to practice or whatever 
And uh, it was just like, this is for all the fans out there that seem to think that you can just move these guys around like a chessboard. They're not going anywhere. We don't want them to go anywhere. We want to use them. Please right. get off the bandwagon of trying to trade our best players. That just that we just gotta be just gotta be smarter fans. Please, yeah, I'm gonna tell you why we mad. Son. I'm gonna tell you why we mad. Because we get this narrative that we're not very good, like smart fans, Carolina Panther fans collectively. I'm just yeah. letting y'all know. Like this is what people tell me that we we don't know how to evaluate talent and all this other stuff. We do ourselves no favors by sitting here and right. saying we should trade off who many consider the best running back in the entire league right. for a second round draft pick. Why? Terrible. Like, what are we doing? Like, what, that doesn't make makes no sense. Like, and, and that's something that like it doesn't even guarantee that we're going to be better. Like, I see people saying we should tank CJ yeah. Stroud. People uh, are instant gratification grabbers. Yep. Like, the social media life has got people thinking that what I see on social media needs to happen right now, and if it's not happening right now, I need to start from scratch. Yep. But hey. Live on social media, you want to. That ain't the real life. And all the speculative and all the speculative stuff. It's just I'm tired of people speculating. Let's it's just speculating. Clicks. It's clickbait. They're not. I always laugh whenever I see like the Bills inquire about Christian McCaffrey. Like, yeah, I'm I'm sure they probably did, but does that mean anything? Like, I, I could inquire yeah. about a Ferrari. Doesn't mean I'm gonna get yeah. it. Yeah, you can dream. We dream all the time. Yeah, they make it seem like, oh, that means the Panthers are selling Christian McCaffrey. Like it was no. all the dream. I There's used to the read what like, up magazine. The thing people take so much value and, and hold so much weight into those things, and like, okay, like Bean may have called Fitter and said something about McCaffrey, or, or tried to get some, or tried to call Fitter. Doesn't mean Scott answered. Yeah, he just looked at the phone like, look at this. Shit. Look at the bills. Look at the yeah. bills always bothering me. <laughs> trying to get our players again. Um, I, I, I just, I don't know. I just, I've seen it all week. It's starting to taper down a little bit now because people have come out and are like, well, that's inaccurate or that didn't happen or whatever the case may be. But yeah, Panther fans, y'all got to chill. Like they wouldn't have let rule go in week five. They were planning on blowing this whole thing up. You don't look at it this way. Here's the best way I can describe it for Panther fans. Say you were building a house, a nice house. The foundation gets built. And then all of a sudden, through whatever reason, the builder just starts going weird and starts building like the, the windows with no glass in it or something. Like just something weird just started happening. The house ain't right. So you fire the builder, right? You bring in a new builder to finish the house. That builder doesn't necessarily have to destroy the foundation. The foundation was fine. He just needs to get rid of the junk that's on top of the foundation and then build it the way you want it to be built. McCaffrey, Moore, Burns, those guys, that's the foundation. That's the foundation of our core group. We're not trying to break that up. They're, none of those guys I mentioned are older than 30 years old. Like, they're all in their 20s. I think McCaffrey might be the oldest one. He's, what, 26? 26, maybe. What are we doing? Like, you want to trade them off so we can maybe hit it again in, in the draft and hopefully find somebody that pans out? Like, none of that's guaranteed. So stop it. <laughs> like, yeah. just stop it. Let's see what we got. Mm-hmm. Let's see what Wilkes does with the talent we have. We'll, we'll put a pin in it and come back to this in the offseason if, if necessary. But I, I'll be damned if the Panther fan base runs off Christian McCaffrey because they feel like we can get a second-round pick for him while his value is still good. And I'm like, it's just, it don't make no damn sense. Yeah, I'm going to tell you why we mad, son. I'm going to tell you why we mad, son. Let's, uh, let's move over to interim head coach Steve Wilkes, uh, something I wanted to get into because we have the, uh, the, the luxury and the beauty of having different perspectives on this podcast. I wanted to hit it off of different – like him coming in this week, 
for starters, he's impressed the hell out of me in these two press conferences that he's had. Like he, he has shown the stark difference between a Matt Rule press conference and literally any other football coach because Wilkes comes in, he's straightforward, he answers questions, he's not stumbling, he doesn't have the appearance of someone who's like trying to figure out an answer in his head while he's talking. Like he seems very clear. He seems like a leader of men. Like that's mm-hmm. that that's the vibe I get from him. I never caught that vibe from Matt Rule. From Matt Rule, I caught a vibe of like, I don't want to dog him because he ain't here no more. But like used car salesman almost. Like, let me let me get you in this uh <laughs> let me get you in this four tempo. You know, I understand they don't make them anymore, but hey, we just put the tires on it. Like it's 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 clean. We just cleaned it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's different, it's different two colors, it's like two-tone, it's got the wood panel thing going on. But hey, I'm gonna get you a great deal. I'm gonna get you a great deal in this tempo. Um Wilkes doesn't sound like that at all to me. Wilkes sounds more like He's just, he seems almost like a, he seems like he's been here. Seems like he's been here before. That's what I wanted to come from. Like Seasoned. On, yeah, Seasoned. on a pair of shoes that you know, okay, he he understands the culture. And Rule never really understood the culture here. So I think that's going to filter down. I don't know what what's going to hold for the rest of the season, but I'm way more interested in the rest of the season now than I was a week ago. So I wanted to hit it from different perspectives, Stu. You being a former player, not just a former player, but a former Panther who has been on teams where Wilkes was in the building. You mentioned uh, before on the previous episode how uh, he gives the best pregame speeches. I wanted to hear from the player perspective. What do you think they're going through? Have you ever had a situation where you had a coach get changed midseason? No. So so what do you think the players are thinking right now as they prepare for the Rams with Wilkes taking command uh, from the player perspective? I think if you're if you're a guy on that team right now, especially a young guy, you see this as an opportunity um, to thrive. Really, um, a change of regime, you know, change in coaching mentality is an opportunity for you to make an impression. You know, um, you know, for whatever changes are to come, uh, you want to be one of those guys that is seen as a guy that can make a difference. Um, you know, it's, it's not really any different from an off season coaching change. Uh, the only difference is right now for the Carolina Panthers and the guys is you still have an opportunity to save the season. And that could be the story. You can be a part of that story. And so, um, I'm a young guy. I'm looking at that as a positive, you know, a breath of fresh air, um, an opportunity to learn from a guy that, is um, respected um, in the league from other other guys that have played with him, um, you know, and 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 if you're an older guy, this gives me life. <laughs> Legitimately gives me life. Like, hey, like my owner realizes that we have an opportunity here to to make some strides, and he's not wasting any time. He's not wasting my time and he's not wasting the fans time He's not, and he's not wasting his own time. He's, he's trying to win right now. And I think that move fifth game in the season says exactly that. Um, we still have a lot of games to play and the cards can fall wherever they may. Uh, you know, like we talked about, you know, the seven and eight, one, seven, eight and one season that I was a part of. I mean, we played like crap 
throughout the first part of the year. And then so did the, the rest of the division. <laughs> right. Wait, wait, what's your again? You said 2014? 2014, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh the seven eight one. Yeah. Seven eight, eight seven eight yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. And the Falcons started off hot and then they just shot themselves in the foot. And that left the door open for us. And mm-hmm. so that's what this that's what the NFL is all about. And that's what makes this game so special because it doesn't really matter what you do the first you can be lights out first six games of the week of the year. But if you don't finish strong, which is what Wilkes is coming from, you know, he's coming from a, a coaching background where he was with Rivera, with the teams that, you know, when November and December came along, we were winning games. Um, and so, and, and I think like, if you're an older guy, this like is definitely a good sign that hey man, we just got to rally. We got to figure out what is our recipe because obviously the recipe before wasn't working. So whatever recipe that Wilkes is about to provide for us, we got to be the forefront. We got to be the guys that are going to take this on and bring the younger guys with us, so that way we can like really be a part of something special here. Um, because change is coming and change is good if you can adapt and receive it. And so I think that's what this is about. Um, you know, I think Wilkes obviously is a great messenger. Um, he's a me- and, and to be a good coach, you have to be a great messenger. You have to be able to talk to the younger guys, the older guys. You got to be able to change it up and read the room you got to be able to deliver messaging to the public, to the fans, um, to the other coaching staff and whatnot. So I think this is a great opportunity for the Panthers. And I almost feel like they saw this coming with um, hiring Wilkes from the get go. Yeah. We talked about that. When that name popped back up that they were bringing him back immediately, I thought he's the exit. Like if something goes terribly wrong first quarter of the season, I would not be surprised if they turn the keys over to Wilkes and let him try to do something. I'm actually yeah. expecting this defense to look like it's getting shot out of a cannon on Sunday. Like they, they might be playing more freely than yeah. they have in the past three years. Um, Phil Snow had a great scheme last year. They were second overall and yards allowed, but that scheme did have some weaknesses. It did make, uh, you could see the defense getting tired in the fourth quarter a lot based off of what they were forced to do in the first three quarters. Um, I think there's going to be a, I think there's going to be a huge, uh, philosophy change in terms of what they do defensively uh, with the parts that they have on that defense. I, I can't wait to see what they do uh, with think, the pieces they have. I think you're definitely going to see um, some simplifying going on, getting guys yes. to play faster. I mean, the practice yesterday, I went by there yesterday, and the tempo just seemed upbeat. It seemed That's like it seemed like a practice that I was once a part of, almost kind of. Um, and, and, you know, workday Wednesday, you got the pads on, go out there, practice hard, go through your reps fast um, and play up to speed without thinking. If you're thinking and you're you're, you're th- if you're thinking you're too late. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Didn't I see two and Skylar, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't they used to wear pads on Thursdays? Isn't that one of the first things that he switched? He switched it so they would wear pads on Wednesdays when they're doing first and second down stuff, which 
makes complete and total sense to me. Um, that is that correct that they moved it to Wednesdays now where they're in pads? Yeah, yeah, they've done both in the past, but this year they've done Wednesday, um, no pads, Thursday pads. I, I think it's a good idea. I mean, um, obviously it, it doesn't give Christian McCaffrey a chance because that's his day off, but um, but I he doesn't. I'm gonna yeah. just go out there and tell you. I'm gonna just go out there and tell you as a running back. Yeah. As a running back, you don't need those days. You're getting hit on Sunday more than anybody. You're yeah. getting hit. Yeah. People are coming at you more than anybody, especially if they plan on giving him the ball the way they should be. Yeah, um, I've got no problem with McCaffrey on the yeah. sideline on Wednesday while they're out there popping each other. Um, I, think, I think the biggest thing with with that change is just the mindset because not only this past week, but if you're coming off a loss and you didn't play well, maybe you weren't physical enough, you didn't set the tone up front, that's that's a way to wake you up real quick and put that last week behind you. That first yeah. practice, get in there and start hitting mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. You, can, you can forget everything that just happened. It's a, it's a mental it's a mental gauge, right? You come off of a loss, getting your butt whooped, you're sore, you're tired, you don't want to do anything. That's why we used to call it Workday Wednesday. Right, guys, guys, guys that had to come and, and be padded up and go out there and practice when you didn't want to. That's what that's really got you going. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, now I got that day out of the way. Now I can go focus on the other intangible, like the, you know, my gap fittings and where my hand should be and coming out of the break. And like, you can really start the mental focus on the actual craft you get the physical out of the way and say okay i'm good i i I know i'm good because i did it i I did that even when it was hard because that would be the hardest day to do it and so now you have thursday friday to really just be like okay my confidence is good Mm -hmm. i know what i'm doing i'm checked in let's go play ball Skyler, uh, continuing on with the the theme here of different perspectives with uh, interim head coach Steve Wilkes, his first week uh, taking over the Panthers uh, football team. Give me the perspective from the media. You're in the media room uh, with all these folks. Again, like I said, uh, the the main takeaway from David Tepper's press conference earlier in the week was him button heads with Scott Fowler right at the very end there. Uh, Honestly, I kind of agree with Tepper a little bit because Fowler was asking him questions that were kind of like, not redundant, but just like, he's not going to tell somebody, okay, I figured this out at 9.45 in the evening uh, on Sunday that, that I was going to do this. Like, that's, that felt like the questions that he was getting asked. But give me the perspective in the media of Steve Wilkes, your your interactions with him so far this week, what you're hearing other media people say uh, in terms of him at the podium. Because he's been at the podium now, his introductory press conference, and he was out there again after practice yesterday. So you've had a couple times with him. Uh, I don't think he spoke today. I think the coordinator spoke today. Right. Uh, g- give us your perspective as a media personality for Sports Illustrated and dealing with other media personalities from around uh, the area. What's the the media perception of Steve Wilkes right now? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll actually even go back real quick and just kind of know my experience with Matt Rule and then kind of compare it. So nice. I know, I know everyone's had different experiences with, with, with Matt. Um, obviously, you're seeing different stuff out on Twitter. Um I, I, I can't speak to those because I don't I don't know I, I never had a bad interaction with Matt Rule um, and I and as I put on um, I don't know if I put it on Twitter or Facebook or whatever Matt I met Matt in 2019 when he was still the head coach at Baylor I was out there from Big 12 Media Days um, same person then as he was during the time he was with the Carolina Panthers and 
in terms of how he interacted with the media, I don't know how he interacts with people that work on work, work with the Panthers media or the you know the team or the cameras or anything like that. I don't know how he how he operates with those people. From my interactions with him, it's always been very genuine, down down to earth, very classy. Um, so I can't have I don't have a bad thing to say about Matt Rule. I think he's a great person, a great guy, good football coach, just out of his element. The thing that I see different with Matt and Steve, and as you kind of alluded to it, is just the the been there, done that kind of feeling that you that you get from Steve. Like he's been there before. He understands how to handle certain questions. Matt, I think he was always a guy that was out of place, trying to always find a way to fit in. And I felt like he battled that constantly, not even, not even just in the press conferences, but on the field too. Like I felt like the entire time he was in Carolina, he was always trying to fit in with the rest. And it just, it never wor- was working. It's like a square peg in a round hole. Mm-hmm. And when he goes back to college, which we all assume, I think you're going to see him be a perfect fit wherever he goes. He's going to find success again and yada, yada. So, but with Steve, I, I like him. You know, I think, you know, it's only been a couple of times that we've gotten a, to talk to him, but I think he, he goes about his business the right way. Um, he's focused, he's locked in. And most importantly, and I, and I don't think that Matt didn't do this, but I think he has the attention of the players, right? I think he, when he speaks, guys listen. And that's what you want from a leader, um, especially from your head coach. So I, I think I think Steve's going to do a great job. I really do. And I actually told uh, one of the Spanish radio guys yesterday, Antonio, I said, I wouldn't be shocked if this team turns it around. And I'm not saying they make the playoffs. I'm not saying they go on a serious run and win five, six games in a row. But I think you're going to see just the overall culture and the attitude of this team change. And Steve Wilkes is going to put himself in a position to get that interim tag removed and be the head coach full time. I'm rooting for that. Like I I see these folks already trying to compile lists. That was another thing uh, that I actually forgot that was making me mad. Yeah, I'm going to tell you why we mad, son. I'm going to tell you why we mad, son. People trying to hire Sean Payton like today. (laughs) Yeah, man, they want Sean Payton in here like now. And I'm like, he's not available until 2024, first of all. And second of all, I don't think he would go someplace in the same division. Like, if he was going to go anywhere, it's not going to be in the NFC South. It'll be Dallas or Philly. New Orleans right? I think New Orleans would still own his rights. I think you would have to trade. I think they'd have to trade. I don't see that happening. He's in his, like, 60s, too. I'm like, I don't want Sean Payton. Like, I want Steve Wilkes. I want Steve Wilkes to succeed and actually be the coach here for a while. Like, I I, I really – the fan perspective, I had the fan perspective in this whole thing. Um, I think the fans, the fans missed, there was a good article that was written. I don't remember where I came across it. It was the ringer. I came across it today. Uh, it popped up on my phone. I started reading it and it was talking about how the, the three years that Matt rule was here. He never really embraced Panther culture, culture, the history. And, and David Tepper, uh, one of the faults that he may have made, uh, in that press conference, besides the whole I brought music to Charlotte thing that everybody's beating into the ground, that that's not what he meant. I mean, come on, guys. Like, literally, the past three days, I've been hearing people going, well, David Tepper brought music to Charlotte, and blah, blah, blah. Like, they're just finding stuff. Tepper probably shouldn't have uh, basically alluded to the fact that the Panthers never really had a culture here, because that's not true. The, the Panthers have always had a, a culture. Now, they're, 
Is it a culture where we've got a bunch of trophies and rings and that kind of stuff? No, but we do have an identity here that's known around the league, and that's been lost in the past three years or so. The Panthers don't feel like a Carolina Panther team when you watch them up to this point. It, it didn't feel like uh, they were going to run the ball. Like It didn't feel like they were capable of big plays. It, it didn't feel like the defense was going to commit or, or cause turnovers and be the driving force. Uh, like Throughout this team's history, the stars have been on the defensive side for the most part. And when you go from the beginning, Sam Mills has a statue <laughs> outside the, of the building. Julius Peppers is going to be the first, first ballot Hall of Famer in Panthers history. Like, it's all over there. Luke Keekley, Thomas Davis, like you can go on and on and on. Dan Morgan, John Beeson, like th- those dudes are like from the beginning to now have been the, the 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 foundation of that keep pounding core mantra. And then on the offensive side, you got guys like Stu, you got guys like D'Angelo Williams and Steve Smith, Cam Newton, Jake Delome, like guys that different iterations of the team. But the, the feeling was still there that, you know, yeah, it might not be Jake DeLone anymore. Cam Newton's taken over, but we're still the Carolina Panthers. This is what we're going to do. Like, you can try to stop it, but, you know, some years we're going to run right through you. Some years it's going to be a battle. I think the fans miss that aspect. We don't feel connected to the team because of what happened over the past three years. And I think with Steve Wilkes, it's made it, it made it feel familiar again to me as a fan. Like, listening to him, when I was sitting there listening to him, I'm just like, Damn, he sounds like a he sounds like a Panther head coach. Like he sounds like one. He's saying the right things. He's not ducking questions. Uh, he's giving clear answers. He looked like he belonged up there. And Matt Rule never really looked like he was comfortable up there. Like it looked like he was fidgety, and like it gave the appearance that he was lying. And I've said this on this <laughs> podcast before. <laughs> well, I mean, have I not, Skylar? Like I've said it before, where you always felt like Matt Rule was trying to get around something when he would start talking at the press conference and his, his, his words would speed up. Yeah. I think what you're really saying is, you know, as a leader, when you have information and your job is to like give information to others and to ignite something within them as a player, you don't want sugarcoating. You don't want, you don't want sandwiched information. Like I don't want to have to peel back the sandwich to find out if it's ham or a wish sandwich, you know what a wish sandwich is? You open up a piece of bread and you wish something was in there. <laughs> That's wish a wish sandwich. sandwich. Wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> another nugget on the believe. Yeah. So, that's what I used to eat. That's what I used to, that's what I used to eat when I was little. Wish sandwiches. I had a yeah, few in my day too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> squeeze them together. Um, but I think like, you just want what they have in Steve Wilkes is someone that's going to be very direct. And when you have a guy that's very direct, you know exactly what you're supposed to do, you which is what you what probably is want. You want which is that, what right? you like exactly. Like with Coach Rivera, he would come up to me before game. All right, Stewie, be you consistent every, every just about every week, right? Yeah. All right. Be you. Time to go. Like the consistency, even in that, how he talked to me was different than what he would say to a Tolbert or to a D'Angelo or to a Greg. Mm-hmm. It would be personalized to that individual. Yeah. Personalized. Whenever you can be personal with a person, 
you accept that in a whole different light. It's like, man, like, like I met Emmett Smith this past, like, Arizona game. I saw that. He yeah. made that such a personal, personal moment for me that, like, I had to share it. Like, I geeked out. Like, he and he understood that this was a, a good, like, an important moment for me. And so he personalized it. And so now I'll cherish that for the rest of my life. Like, I'll remember every, every word he said to me because he personalized it. And he didn't just sandwich it. Oh, yeah, nice to meet you. Yeah, bye, bye, bye. You know what I'm saying? So a <laughs> good coach is good. Yeah, He's a good coach, a good leader time. is going to personalize, um, you know, his messaging and, and relationship with those that he's leading. Let's um, real quick uh, before we get out of here. Game six uh, preview Panthers at Rams. Uh, this game, four oh five, another four o'clock kickoffs, our third one in a row. Um, four oh five p.m. on Fox Panthers one and four on the season. The Rams two and three on the season themselves, uh, but it is a home matchup. Carolina is actually 13 and nine all time against the Rams in series history. The Rams won the last time they saw each other. Carolina seven and four all time when facing the Rams on the road, but they've never played them at SoFi stadium. Uh, LA won the last matchup in 2019, 30 to 27, uh, which would have been Ron Rivera's last year uh, here in Carolina. I can't remember if he was still here when they played the Rams or not. Um, Trying to, Get some stats here for you guys to make your predictions off of. Fairly similar. Uh, the Rams struggling themselves. Total yards per game. They're only they're averaging a little under 300 yards per game at 299. We're at 271, dead last in the league. Uh, the Rams are having problems running the ball worse than us. They're only averaging 62 yards per game on the ground. Uh, 237 in the air, so that's only good for 18th, about middle of the league. Uh, they've allowed 21 uh, sacks, and I just saw their center is ruled out for Sunday. Um, third down efficiency, they're a little better, about 41% on third down. We're dead last at 24%. Uh, they're only, the Rams are only averaging 16 points per game. So, uh, I don't want to carry over this whole, uh, 17 point thing to Steve Wilkes. He doesn't deserve that. Um, that's something that's going to go out the door with Matt rule. Um, but the Rams are only averaging 16 points a game. So just keep that in mind. Um, total yards per game. They're actually only doing 321. There, th- this is a game where I feel like they can be had. Um, let's just go through it. What do you thoughts here, Skylar? Let's start with you. Thoughts on the uh, Panthers oh. versus Rams, <laughs> or do you want Stu to go first? Because I mean, Stu I'll jump stay. in there. No, I'll, I'll go first. Be careful, Skylar. I'll come over there and drop kick you. Okay. <laughs> I think I'm picking the Panthers this week, like, and actually feeling good about it. Last last week was a wish. This is more yeah. of a, a a feeling, like. Yeah, and and the matchup looks good too. So give me what give me what you got here, Panthers Rams. All right. So last week I was pretty spot on. Um, I, I don't know if I'm going to be that spot on again. It was just I, I thought it was too obvious to me. Um, you see how he put that in there that he was on yeah, point last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. He was nice. <laughs> he was nice. He was, he was on it. He was on it. I will say, like earlier this week, I did a show with um, with Charles Sports Live, and I, I said 26-13 Rams. I'm changing my prediction slightly. So I'm making progress, but I'm still going 21-18 Rams. The the one thing that concerns me about this game is like, yes, the Rams have struggled offensively, but they still have Cooper Cup. The Panthers may not have J.C. Horn. We don't know about Xavier Woods. We don't know how well C.J. Henderson is going to play. Like there's a lot of banged up guys in that secondary. Dante's banged up too, isn't he? 
or uh, from a week or two I ago. Don't, I don't know if he still is or not, but he was at one point. Um, and then you look at what San Francisco did last week. It's not exactly the same of what LA is going to do, but they still have that eye candy stuff, right? They get you looking in different spots. They they fool you with all these motions and stuff like that. So I think LA will take some of what San Francisco did last week, apply it to this week's game plan, and they're they're going to execute it. This is what they feel like is a get right game for them. But the reason I have it so close is because of the whole situation with Carolina. That I don't know if that really seeps into players' heads. Maybe Stu can can talk to this more. But I feel like this is kind of almost like a look ahead spot, or maybe not a look ahead spot, but maybe like a letdown spot. But they find a way to get that win. I'm going with 21 18 Rams. What's that? Those are actually pretty good points. Um, Stu, what you got? Panthers Rams 405 on Fox Sunday. Um, I didn't realize it before you give it. I, I was just sitting there poking around. We were talking about how they weren't really using McCaffrey as much as we thought they should. Even though the offense has been struggling, McCaffrey had his fourth straight game with 100, over 100 scrimmage yards 100, on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's uh, one of only four players uh, in the league that's had four games of 100 plus yards this season. Him and Nick Chubb. Yeah, him and Nick Chubb. In four consecutive weeks. So it, it, it hasn't been so much that he hasn't been used. He just hasn't been used in the way that I guess we're used to seeing him used. Uh, and maybe we think that, well, we know that he could be used a whole lot more. Stu, what you got, Panthers Rams? Um, Skyler. <laughs> um, whatever, dude. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go, I'm going to just go out the gate and say the Panthers are going to find some offense. Ooh, with and- PJ, huh? I'm gonna say, like I'm like I, I like depending on like I know at the end of the day Baker has the high ankle not really sure where his recovery is with that if he's still trying to play or whatnot um but I think on Monday I'm gonna have a peanut butter jelly sandwich for PJ ah, okay well played because I feel like this is an opportunity for him to shine. You have a new coach. You have an opportunity to go out there and start a game. This is nothing but the life of a, like a chance of a lifetime for a guy like him. You get to go out there with a healthy Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, the offensive line that can protect. And, and I feel like Christian's going to have a huge game mm-hmm. in these check in these check downs. Cause I feel like PJ sees the check downs. I feel like he's going to utilize the checkdowns. Um, and I hope the offensive coordinator and the scheme and all that um, sees it that way. Uh, I want to see some quick throws because that's where that's where he thrives, right? Get the ball out quick. Um, if it's not there deep, check it down, okay? Just check it down, be disciplined, follow your rules, and, and just rely on the running game. Rely on it. I know that the Rams are stacked up front. I know what they are. We know who they are, but we have an offensive offensive line that has been proving themselves to be, you know, I mean, Icky played at an elite level this past week. Elite. Yeah, I was, yeah, he uh, elite. I was going to say, okay? I just saw that too. That um, uh, Ike Kwanu posted a, a PFF grade of ninety two point one against the 49ers with the highest by any tackle this right. season just last week. So when so. you, so when you when you have guys on your team putting out scores or whatever grades of, of that nature, 
let that confidence settle settle in. You are that dog. And I hope and I and I know Steve Wilkes is representing this team like that in those meeting rooms behind those doors, telling these guys, you are what we need. You can go out there and make these things happen. PJ, peanut butter jelly time. I got 28. I got 28. As you can see, number 28 special out here. Yeah. I'm going to go 28 to 21. No, 28 to 24. PB and Jay Walker. It's going to be a, so it's gonna be a high scoring affair. That's yeah. so far. I feel um, like that's one of these things. They're so evenly matched that I feel like it's got to be one of those things where you got to score some points. And, and for Panther Panther fans, take note. I mean, we're serious. Like, the Panthers actually match up really well with the Rams. The Rams are the defending Super Bowl champions. So it's not like the Panthers are just like – have bottomed out and Matt rule got let go because there's no talent or anything else on the roster. It just wasn't working out. And we got to, people got to understand it's okay that he didn't work out as an NFL coach. Like I said before, Nick Saban didn't work out as an NFL coach looking in, you know, like there's not a lot of Jimmy Johnson's running around out there that can just seamlessly move into the NFL world. Um, In terms of this game, I do feel like it's going to be a return to the run game. I think they're going to lean on it heavy. I do agree that PJ is going to use that check down of uh, McCaffrey that we've seen him take, you know, a little five-yard pass, 20 yards up the field or whatever. It it boggles my mind why they weren't doing this before. But I do think um, he said something. I don't know if you were there or not, Skylar, but PJ said something today I thought was – or it might have been yesterday that I thought was really interesting. Uh, I don't know if he was supposed to say it. But he mentioned that, like, basically, he made it sound like McAdoo lets his quarterback pick his plays. Like, yeah. he, he kind of – he didn't say it in those ter- in those words, but he kind of said it like, well, you know, I'll get the plays that I want to run. He said it in a manner where it made it sound like he gets to pick out of the book what he's going to be running. It looks like he's going to make his calls. Uh, he was going to get with Ben, make his sl- – like, pick his calls or something like that, yeah. And that's – I'm okay with that because I want you to run the stuff that you're familiar with, that you know, yeah. um, and stuff that you think is going to work. So I'm fine with that. And I, I'm actually okay with McAdoo giving the quarterbacks that freedom to to come to him and be like, hey, I want to do this, I want to do that, instead of him just force-feeding, this is what we're going to do first 20 plays. Um, I think it's going to be close. I think this game gets decided at the very end. I'm going to go Panthers 23-20-1 over the Rams on a last second field goal. Time expires. Um, Eddie Money? Yeah, I think Eddie so. Pierre. I don't even know where our kicker is right now. Like, is it Panera still? I yeah. thought he got hurt. He's still Panera. And Panera, he's been doing okay. So I think if PJ can just keep us in this game, and it's going to be a, a tale of the defense harassing Matt Stafford all day, um, keeping Aaron Donald out of the pocket, which is a, a task in itself. Um, I can – I don't know how they're going to do this, but we got to run boots. Yeah, get out. We got to run out of the lane of danger. Like, don't let him just sit there as a a duck because eventually, (laughs) three dudes on Aaron Donald, eventually he's going to show up at your party. He's going to be back there. (laughs) So, like, like, who's that? AD, AD, who gotcha? (laughs) Boom. Like, you got to be prepared. (laughs) Aaron Donald's going to show up at your house party eventually. You just, you don't know if it's going to be first quarter or the fourth quarter. You don't know if he's going to be just in and out or if he's going to be coming back and forth all day. So let's well, worry about Aaron Donald and get him contained. 23-21 uh, 20, well, is going to be my pick. Panthers win. Get Steve Wilkes his first win uh, as an interim head coach of the Carolina Panthers. You can follow us on Twitter 
uh, all of our episodes are on the Believe Podcast Network. Go to uh, YouTube. We see we've got uh, a bunch of people watching on YouTube right now. You can subscribe to Tobacco Road Sports Radio's YouTube channel. The videos are parked there. Uh, the audio of these podcasts are on all major podcast platforms, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, Anchor. Um, go to any of those. Just type in Believe in Carolina Panthers. You'll be able to find this episode and all previous episodes. Uh, Stu is on Twitter. His handle's right there. Skyler's on Twitter. You can follow. I would suggest following him because he's at these practices uh, throughout the week. He's usually going to give you the scoop on what's going on. Uh, being the Panther beat writer for Sports Illustrated, his his Twitter handle is Callahan underscore, and then of course mine here at Tobacco Radio or uh, my personal at uh, Dez D E Z underscore three five zero five. So you can follow us all there. Um, hopefully, Panthers get away with a win here, get their second win of the season. Again, they play the Rams four oh five p.m. on Fox this Sunday. We'll be back Monday with a recap episode from that and hopefully we'll be celebrating a panthers victory monday we we need one um the one we had felt like it was a while ago guys uh kind of forgetting hot peanut, feels peanut peanut butter jelly, <laughs> peanut butter, jelly peanut sandwiches peanut on the next episode butter, so uh for, for for jonathan stewart and skylar callahan i'm desmond johnson you've been watching and listening to the believe in carolina panthers podcast on the believe podcast networks we'll see you guys monday keep pounding Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.